want to thank Pastor Kelly and Pastor Keith for this opportunity. I mean, for the belief they have in me, for, for being someone that pours into me. And it's such amazing if you have someone in your life that pours into you. You know the power of that. And if you ever had a chance to sit down and talk to Pastor Keith, you know the amazing man he is. He is someone you can look in the eyes, and you can share anything with that man. And there's no judgment. Sincerely, there's not many people on this earth that you can sit there and look them in the eyes and just tell them your whole, just spill your guts to them, and you can see in their eyes whether they judge you or not. He does not judge you. If you ever get the opportunity, if you're ever struggling with something, that's the man you want to talk to. That's the man that will love you through it. He will take you from where you're at, and he'll get you where you need to go. But how can he do that? Because he's died beneath the surface, right? He's died into who God is in his life. He's applied three pieces of equipment we're going to talk about today in his life consistently over several years, over decades. And that's made him into the man who he is. It's made me into the person I am now, just applying over my life these last four years. So let's dive in. So I'm going to read you a story called Growing Deeper. It says, a man was on vacation with his family, and one day they were on a picnic by the shore. As he was reading his book, he heard the refreshing sounds of water splashing nearby. As he looked up, he noticed his kids frolicking at the water's edge. They were enjoying being in the water, not just hearing the refreshing sounds of it. As he surveyed the rest of the area, he noticed skiers being pulled by a boat, and they too were enjoying the water as well as the boaters himself. But just like his kids, they were experiencing some of the joys of the water, but none of them were fully in the water. Then he noticed some swimmers nearby. They were f- nearly fully immersed, and while it looked refreshing, it also looked like work. Now remember that. It looked refreshing, but it looked like work. Swimming is an almost complete exercise, as it works almost every muscle in the body therefore helping develop a healthy body. Work equals a healthy body, right? So, as this man surveyed the area some more, he noticed a hut offering scuba diving lessons. Intrigued, he approached the attendant and inquired about the scuba diving. The attendant began to explain that while there are many ways to enjoy the water, the only way the only way to truly enjoy the beauty of the water was to go deeper and discover the corals and the aquatic animals and the myriad of colors in God's creation below the surface. The man wept as he understood this day was more than just about the water. God was showing him a picture of his life. If he, truly, if he was truly wanting to live an abundant life, he had to go below the surface and get deeper with God. So how many of you here today want to go below the surface to get deeper with God? Not just to live on the surface of the water. You can, you can be on the shore, you can be in the boat, or you can be under the water. You can experience God on a whole different level in your life. And when you do it, you can become a great man like a Pastor Keith, a great man like a Pastor Kelly, like the great men and women across our world who go out and pour their lives out for other people because they weren't just happy with staying on the boat. They weren't happy with just being on the surface. They wanted to go deeper. So what did that look like? It required work, right? It required a lot of work. It required you being consistent. It required them being consistent. But it was the only way, just like the gentleman was told by the scuba diver instructor, the only way to truly experience the water, the only way to truly experience God 
This is going to do what we're about to talk about. So our first point we're going to look at is Jesus did not just call you to play in the waters of life, but to dive beneath the surface and experience a relationship so deep with him that you will turn the world upside down for his glory. That's what he wants for you. And we're going to see that in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You notice Paul just doesn't say, Okay, you've accepted Jesus. You're done, right? I have stopped here. No more. No, he says, You must continue to follow him. Then he says, Let your roots grow deeper down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So what happens when you put the work in, when you dive in beneath the surface, you dive into who God is, you're going to overflow with thankfulness, right? And what does that look like? It looks like the men and women in your life that you're going to be able to impact, the men and women in your life that you're going to be able to change this world by changing their lives. And it's a ripple effect. You never know by you being faithful, by you diving beneath the surface, the impact it's going to have 10 years from now. A hundred years from now, you can't see the difference, but it's going to be, you can't see that you just can't fully picture what it's going to do. Even 200 years from now, we don't know what the impact that's going to be by you being faithful, by you putting a little work in and by you diving beneath the surface, it's going to be amazing. So what are three essential pieces of equipment for diving deeper? So I did a little research on scuba diving. I've never done it before. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of water, right? So um, I was like, well, let's do some research on scuba diving and just see. So through my research, what I noticed was there's three pieces of equipment that a scuba diver needs to be able to start diving deeper. And we're going to go through these three pieces, essential pieces of equipment. So the first one is a regulator. So you have your oxygen tank on, right? And you have a regulator. That regulator is connected to your oxygen tank. And what that does, it makes it to where you can, it converts that oxygen into a breathable format. So when you inhale, if you think about that, without that regulator, you can't get very far, can you? So let's do something really interactive here. I want all of you to hold your breath in just a second. So this is going to be fun, right? We're going to have some fun up here. So I want you to join with us. We're going to hold our breath and see how, who's the longest that they can hold their breath. Starting now. So I'm going to walk through this example as you're still holding your breath. What are you starting to feel right now? It's just your lungs going, I need air. I need air. I can't do this. I don't know if I'm, what's going to happen. I've got to breathe. You start feeling a lot of pressure, right? It's not getting comfortable. And you're only 23 seconds into it. All this pressure you're feeling right now. How crazy is that? You just, it's like you need oxygen, right? You need it to live. So y'all can go ahead and breathe now. Awesome. <laughs> I know some of you, I know the people who like the challenge are thinking, I could have kept going, I could have kept going on. But it's okay. We can have a, a how long we can hold our breath competition later. Um, but the point of that, though, is that you need oxygen, Right? And if you're going to dive beneath the surface, if you're really going to dive beneath the water and go as deep as you can, do not have to stop. You need that regulator. You need that oxygen tank because it's your lifeblood, which brings us to our first point, which is the Word of God is your oxygen, your lifeblood in this world, and it will open your eyes to a world you have never known. Man, it will open your eyes to a world you have never known. Just like you were holding your breath. That what you're feeling, your body craving, I need oxygen, I need air. That's what the Word of God does for us as believers. 
The Word of God is our oxygen. It's what feeds us and what helps us find the truth. Because without the Word of God, it's like you're, you're, you're sitting there going through your life, and you're holding your breath, and you're barely making it, right? You're just barely getting by. And ultimately, if you hold your breath long enough, or if you can't breathe long enough, you're beneath the surface of the water, and you have no air, and you can't get back up, guess what? You die. That's how important that is. This word right here, the Word of God, is so important to us. Without it, as believers, we start to, we start to perish. You might live but 30, 40 years, 50 years, however young you are or old you are right now. But if you don't dive into this consistently every single day, you're going to perish. You'll never fully become the man or woman of God that God has meant for you to be. This is what enables you to be that person. It's what enables you to go out and make a difference in someone else's life because you've got to know the truth. So maybe you say, well, maybe you're here and you're thinking, okay, Micah, that sounds great, but is this, is this really the inspired word of God? Maybe you haven't, you dive into this really much, so you really don't know. Is this really the inspired word of God? So we're about to see in John 1.1. 1, 1. So it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if you had any doubt, is this the inspired word of God? Well, guess what? That verse just blew it out of the water for you. This is the inspired word of God. And like we talked about, being that oxygen, what does that do for you in our example of scuba diving? Unless you go anywhere you want to underneath the ocean, right? Because if you have that oxygen... You're not restrained. You can go as deep as you want. You can explore anywhere because you have that oxygen. You don't have to come back up for air. So we're going to look at the next verse. So in John 8, 31 through 32, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what that verse spoke to me was, as we're beneath the ocean, we have no restraints, right? Because if we know the truth, the truth will set you free. How cool is that? How cool is it to know that based on reading the Word of God, this is truth, and this is a light unto our path, and that there's nothing that's going to hold us back. This will direct us and guide us. That's amazing, is it not? So, so now we have our regulator, right? We have our first piece of equipment. We have the Word of God, and we need to be in it daily, consistently, and maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you just walked in, and you said, Mike, I don't believe in Jesus. I, I'm just here because I love this association. I love how people treat me. Because the thing of it is, as Christians, we should be different from the world, right? We should, we should treat people amazing. We should love on them and care of them. And that type of environment might have drawn you in this morning. What I want to share with you, I want to show you how you can take these three pieces of equipment. If you're not a believer of Christ, you can apply this to your life right now. And it's going to help you move forward where you want to go in your life. Why would I even say that? Why would I not be preaching right now at you going, if you don't know Jesus, you should know Jesus? Because nine out of ten times, that's not gonna, what's going to get you to know Jesus. That's not what's going to save you. What I do know will save you. If you start applying truth to your life, if you start taking these principles and apply it to your life, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you will find him. I've heard too many stories of amazing men and women of God who have built phenomenal businesses and guess what? In their pursuit of building their business, they had to learn truth. They had to learn principles. They had to learn how to interact with people. They had to learn how to do their finances better. They had to learn principles to get to where they built an amazing business. And through that process, they found Jesus. Because anytime you start seeking truth, it leads right back to this. This is truth. This is where it all comes from. So right now, maybe you're in this room, you're thinking, well, how do I apply this in my life if I don't know Jesus, if I don't believe in Jesus? I don't care to right now. Read great books. 
There's phenomenal books out there on faith, family, finances that will take you further in your life than you could ever imagine that will get you where you want to go. And the correlation I've made in my life, because I'm an avid reader, I read the Word of God every day and I read out of another book every single day on faith, family, finances, you name it. I've probably almost read it to this point. I've read about 152 books in the last four years. Because I know when you start applying truth, how it can change your life. And what I found out through my last four years, reading all those books, and I found this really quick. When I first started, I was probably about three books into reading. And what I noticed, I looked at my best friend and said, wait, there's something, something interesting here. What I'm reading in these books is lining up with the Word of God. I was finding truth in this, and this is what brought me to the Word of God. It's what brought me back to church. Church. It's because I started seeking truth. I wasn't interested in Jesus, but I started seeking truth. And through seeking truth, it's what brought me to liberty. It is what's changed my life. So, we got a regulator, right? So what's our second piece of equipment now? So now, we're going to look at a scuba mask. They're like, hmm, scuba mask. What what analogy is he going to draw from this one? So, let me describe what the scuba mask does for you. So, the scuba mask creates an airspace in front of your eyes that allows, allows your eyes to be able to focus under the water. And the nose pocket allows you to equalize the pressure in your mask as you go deeper. So the scuba mask is designed to help regulate all the pressure, right? So as you're going deeper, now you have your oxygen. You have freedom to go wherever. But if you can't see, how can you get there? So that's what the scuba mask is for. But I want to point something out to you. Do we see with our eyes or do we see with our mind? So if you look at this picture here, you see the, the blue, right? You see blue, but it, is it really blue? So right now what you're seeing is all the rays of light, all the spectrum of light is being, bouncing off that image and coming back to you. The only one coming back to you being reflected is blue. The rest of those picture colors are absorbed, right? So what you're seeing blue is because it's reflecting the color blue back to your eyes. So your brain is processing that. Your brain is saying, okay, this image here is absorbing all the colors but blue. So technically, we're seeing with our mind, right? Because our brain has to process that. Without our brain, our eyes really don't function very much, right? You can't really see. So the point to make with this one is, what are you listening to in your life? Do you realize the power of what we listen to? So... Brings us to our second point. So what you feed your mind, what you feed your mind through what you are listening to will either build your faith or tear it down. What you feed your mind. This is another principle that I've learned to be true in my life of what I listen to on a daily basis. I know um, so many times if we're listening to the wrong stuff, even if we're reading the Word of God, but we're listening to the junk of the world, we're listening to music we shouldn't be listening to, we're watching stuff we shouldn't, and all that, we're listening to people we shouldn't be listening to, all that is being fed into our mind, right? When you start listening to that, it creates a fog. When you're in a fog and a daze, you can't really see, right? It, it, it holds you back. I know there's, you ever had those mornings, you feel like you got enough sleep, but you didn't, right? So you wake up, you're you're exhausted, you're tired, you're groggy, and you're going to work. And you're so groggy, right? So you're sitting there, and you're just like, you're just like you're in a zombified state. It's what I call zombified days. 
So if I ever have a zombified day, it's because I'm groggy and I can't just function that day. It's like I'm at work and I'm just having a hard time. I just, in my mind, I picture myself doing this. Oh, don't get away from me. I can't, st- I just can't deal with people in those days because it's so foggy. It's so, it's unclear. I can't really focus on what I need to be focusing on, right? So, so let's look at the word of God on that. So then Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word, word of God tells us that what we listen to, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So right now in your life, what do you listen to? And do you realize the power of it? Maybe you think, okay, maybe I'm about to offend you on this one. If I offend you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, right? You might be like, oh, you're trying to attack my music. You're trying to attack the radio. You're trying to attack what I like. No, I'm not. I'm trying to help set you free. I'm trying to give you a piece of equipment. If you apply that, if you put your scuba mask on and you start filtering what you're listening to, it's going to help you focus and it's going to take you so much further in your life. It's going to help light the path to where you need to go. And I want to show you an example on this. So... I really struggled with depression a long time in my life. I'm a strong, cautious type personality. And if you don't know what that means, I encourage you to go to track three of our uh, connection track. It talks about the four main personality types. And the one, the cautious type is very analytical, but they're also very pessimistic. So in my mind, I grew up, I just, I'm so strong, cautious. I've always been very pessimistic in my life and I've learned how to filter that. But there's been several points in my life where I've just got so low where I didn't see the value of living anymore. Why keep doing the mundane? Why keep going through the motions if, there's, if it's not going to matter? But why would I think that? Why would I think that no matter what I did, in the end, it wouldn't matter? And I'm going to show you one example of why I thought that. So there's a song by Linkin Park. It was one of the most favorite. I love this band. And the song title is called In the End. And I want to read you the first part of the lyrics. It starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain in due time all I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock ticks life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Try to hold on, but you didn't even know. Wasted it all just to watch you go. I kept everything inside, and even though I tried, it all fell apart. What it meant to me will eventually be a memory of a time when I tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. I had to fall to lose it all, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. What do you see there? So in my life, in my mind, I was like, why does it all matter? In the end, it doesn't matter. That's literally thoughts that were going through my head. Why? Because of what I was listening to. That correlation is so strong. That is something that has set me free to the point where I don't watch cable TV. I listen to either gospel music or I listen to other great men and women of God around the world. Stuff that's edifying and gratifying because I learned the power of what you listen to will help your focus or hurt you. It'll build your faith or tear it down. And I hope you see that. I hope that even today, like, if that does make you mad, I hope maybe you'll take a nugget away. You'll think about it. You will realize that what you listen to can ultimately lead you to death if you get so down to the point that, that you just don't see the point of it. And I was there at one point. I was driving down 231, just driving far south as I could. I think I drove about two and a half hours south, didn't have a destination, listening to music like this. 
And the thought crossed my mind, why don't you just drive off the road? It doesn't matter. What you're doing right now doesn't matter. You've tried so hard, but in the end, it doesn't matter. That wasn't from God. I mean, that was because of what I was listening, what I was putting into my head. And especially as believers, that's where the enemy gets us, is what are we listening to? We realize that's clouding our focus. It's making it so foggy that we can't truly see. But I want to show you the flip side of this. So if you take, so that's the negative, but if you take the positive from this, if you look and say, okay, so I'm listening to praise and worship music. It's lifting my soul up. I'm listening to other great, and, great men and women of God throughout the world. Every day I'd encourage you, every day to make a commitment right now for the next seven days till next Sunday and come back up and talk to me um, and tell me what it's done for you. Because I almost already can expect the, the response of this. But every, for the next Sunday, once a day, listen to one sermon. From some amazing man and woman of God across this world, listen to one sermon every day. It's just 30 minutes of your time, 40 minutes of your time. You can do it when you're going to work. You can do it when you're in the car. Listen to one sermon a day and tell me what that does for you. Just seven days. I encourage you to try that. Because I honestly know that it will help narrow your focus. It will help clear the fog up. But, so what is that going to do too? When we're seeing defeat, I want to read you a, a joke that I heard from Pastor Chris Hodges. Um, and I encourage you, go out and listen to He did an amazing sermon this past week on the whispers of God. Phenomenal ser- sermon. And that'd be one you could add to your seven days this week. So, so he tells a joke. So he says he's listening to this funny story. And they were, they were it's the Wisconsin Badgers football team was playing a game. And they were losing horribly. But the fans in the stands were cheering. They were losing. But the fans are cheering. And, and the football team is going... I don't, I'm seeing defeat, but what is this? I don't understand. Why are the fans cheering, but we're losing? So, come to find out. So, every time the, the football team, the Badgers, had a bad play, the fans would ch- cheer. So, it kind of confused the players, right? Well, as the story goes, the Milwaukee Brewer baseball team was playing at the same time. So, a bunch of the fans had earbuds in. And they were listening to the game, right? So every time the Milwaukee uh, Brewers scored a home run or did something, had a hit, the fans were cheering, woo! We're so excited. But they weren't at the game. They were there at the football game, right? So what can you take away from that? How many times in our life do we see defeat? But if we're listening to victory, it'll help us. We can't go by what we just see. Our brains can trick us depending on how much garbage you put in your brain. It's a process. It takes time to filter that garbage out. But if you're listening to victory, if you're listening to amazing women of God, if you're listening, I encourage you to listen to the Bible on CD. I've done that. I went through from Genesis to Revelations this year alone, three times through listening to the Bible. And it's just amazing what you gain from that from versus reading, just listening. It's just a whole different element, right? Because there's different ways people learn. But when you're listening to victory, even though you're seeing defeat, it's what's going to help you push further. So, two pieces of equipment, right? We have our regulator, then we have our mask. So, let's go to our uh, last point. The people you choose to surround yourself with should always direct you towards Jesus and thus keep you warm in this cold world void of life. I'm about to hit another sore point, our association. How many times do you hear people talk about who you associate with is who you become? It's so vital. 
And this is, I encourage you to, uh, I'm going to read you an expert from Andy Stanley's sermon he did on guardrails. It's called Proximity. And we don't have enough time to cover the power of association. But on his sermon, uh, Guardrails, Proximity, he gives a, it's a whole sermon just devoted to association. And he does it great because this is a topic most people get a little iffy about because they're like, well, you're telling me to judge the people I'm around. I'm going to say, yes, I am. But I'm going to paraphrase that, or I'm going to add some context to it, excuse me. So you've got to watch who you're around, right? You ever heard the analogy of if you associate with a bank robber, you're going to become a bank robber, right? And, and let me just play this out for you. Let's just go through this analogy a little bit here. So if you're sitting there, you're in the, you, you've associated with a bank robber, you know they're a bank robber, but you're trying to love on them. You're trying to help them. You're like, I'm just, if I can just love on this person enough, they're not going to be a bank robber. And that's great. But the more you start associating with them, the more you start spending time with them, guess what might happen? You're going to be in the car, and they're going to be like, hey, pull up to the bank. I need to get some money out. So you're in the car, right? And you're, you've got it warmed up and revved up. You're waiting. Okay. And they jump in the car. Go, 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 go. And they have this big bag of money. Well, off you take, and all of a sudden you hear sirens. Uh-oh. You look at your friend and go, what did you just do? I just robbed a bank. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> because you were associating with that person, guess what? You're accomplice to bank robbery now. Just throwing a thought out there, and I'm going to read this excerpt to you from Andy Stanley. So, there was a neuroscientist named Morin Cerf. He's a professor at the Northwest, Northwestern University. For over 10 years, he has been studying relationships and decision-making, and the relationship of decision-making on relationships. That's a mouthful. But this is what he has found. What we have observed about people influencing, influencing other people is it's not just behavioral, it's neurological, neurological. That something happens in your brain when you're associating with people. They have discovered that our brain waves, when we begin to spend time with people, starts to look identical. Before the attitude, before the behavior, there is something that happens on the inside in our brains when we spend time with other people. Your brain waves match up. Our brain waves match up with the people around us. That blew me away when I heard him say that. I was like, wow. I did not realize that. But then I started thinking back through my life. I started thinking through the people that I spent the most time with. And I started, wow, I started acting like them, right? I started talking like them. You ever catch that? You'd be around someone so much, you start picking up on their, their attitude, their behaviors. And why? Because your brainwaves started lying with them way before the attitude or the behavior started happening. So... I want you to think about this analogy too. Anytime that you've got in trouble, anytime the thing you've got the most in trouble, was it with a stranger or was it with someone you knew and trusted? I asked that question to my friends yesterday and both of them said it was with their best friends. It was with people they really knew. So you associate with matters. So let's see what the word of God says on that. So, Psalms 101, 3 through 4, or 3 through something. Um, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors, and I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for the faithful people to be my companions. I will search for the faithful people to be my companions. So who are you associating with? So that's the negative side of association. Now what I want to show you is the positive side of association. 
how that when you put people in your life that are life-giving, they care about you, how that can make a difference in your life. So we're going to read Easy Class D's 4 or 7. So I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Okay, next slide. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back... Uh, Stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So as much as we need to be careful the people we're associating with, we need to be associating with people. We need to be people that are life-giving. Just like our point was, those people should be pointing us to God, right? And they're going to be there helping us build our faith up. And what we do here is small groups. Small groups is so important. You shouldn't just be plugging in on a Sunday. You should be plugging in during the week as well. Small groups are so vital. Why? Because it lets you be in relationship with people that care about you. It lets you be in relationship with people that love God. That's going to help point you in the right direction. I will never forget a story a lady said on a Wednesday night small group I was a part of. She said that was so encouraging to her. She got fed on Sunday, and she got fed on Wednesday. Her work would be so bad, but she so looked forward to Wednesday nights. Because that was her lifeblood to her. That's what built her up. It's what helped her move forward in life. What helped her move closer to God. So you might say, well, Micah, this is, oh, and our example for that one was the wetsuit. Sorry, I forgot about that one. It's really, it's called a <laughs> exposure. I was getting right into it and thought I forgot about the wetsuit. But what that is, a wetsuit is an analogy to our uh, association, right? Because it's called an exposure protection suit. So this word, this world is so cold and devoid of life. But what that wetsuit does, it keeps us warm. Because as you're diving beneath the surface, this says that the water can take your body heat away 25, 25 times faster than air can. So as you're diving beneath the surface, as you're diving into God, the enemy's going to try to attack you, right? He doesn't want you to get closer to God. He doesn't want your life to be overflowing with thankfulness. So how do you avoid that? You have people around you. The analogy I thought about this morning is an octagon. So you have a person here, you have people here beside you, behind you, and one in the very back. Those people are your exposure protection suit because they're going to protect you from this world because they're going to keep pointing you to God. So you might say, okay, Micah, so we have our three pieces of equipment now. We have our regulator, our oxygen. We have our scuba masks, what we listen to, our focus, how we can see. And now we have our wetsuit. We have our exposure protection suit. So what does that look like? If I'm being very consistent in my life, I'm reading my word every single day. If, if I'm listening to, to you know, gospel music, if I'm listening to worship music, if I'm not listening to the junk of the world, if I'm listening to other great men and women of God on a daily basis, if I'm associating with men and women of God, if I'm building myself up and those people that I'm putting in my life are helping me become more like the image of Christ, what is that gonna look like at the end of my life? So I want to read you a story I want to read you this story. It's called Bill Hornsby's Greatest Achievement. And this came from uh, Church of the Highlands. Um, and this is uh, Bill Hornsby is Pastor Chris's father-in-law. He's a mighty, he said in this story, he goes, a mighty man of God. Pastor Bill Hornsby was a mighty man of God, but he was not famous by any means. But he touched so many people. 
he would walk around saying, I don't want to be the big deal. I want to make others the big deal. Near the end of his life, he was at UAB Hospital, and word got out that he wanted visitors to come see him. Billy loved to talk, and he loved to tell stories. He was spread not, word spread not just around America, but across the world. Missionaries, pastors, friends, family came from all around the world to see Pastor Billy. Sometimes people lined up outside the hospital room to get a few minutes with Billy. It was remarkable. Why would people travel and line up to spend a few minutes with Billy? It was uncommon influence he had with these people. Because he invested in them, he had believed in them, he had made a difference in their lives, he helped them win. So there were several pastors in this room, they're all gathered around Pastor Billy's bed. And one of them leaned over and said, Pastor Billy, what's your greatest accomplishment in life? The room got dead silent. All these pastors wanted to hear, what was Pastor Billy's greatest accomplishment in life? Billy didn't hesitate. He said, my greatest accomplishment in life is someone else's. My greatest accomplishment in life is someone else's. That's what it looks like. That's what this looks like at the end of your life, when you're on your dying bed, when you've put these three pieces of equipment on, when you're diving into God's word every day, when you're listening to, to things that are edifying, gratifying, when you're listening to great men and women of God across the world, when you're kicking the junk out, when you're associating with people that are building you up, that are pointing towards Jesus. That's what this looks like, just like a Billy, a Billy Hornsby. At the end of his life, he was able to make such a great difference in other people's lives because he did all that. All those three things he did consistently in his life. And out of the overflow, all these people were affected. How amazing is that? To dive beneath the surface and see the difference it's gonna make in other people's lives. So right now, I want you all to bow your heads and close your eyes, please. And there's three types of people I wanna talk to right now. The first type of person, maybe you're already, you've got your three pieces of equipment on, you're raring to go, and, and you're already below the surface. You're diving, you're exploring what God has in your life. Um, and, and you're seeing how sweet that is. You're seeing the difference it's already making in your life. You're seeing the difference it's making in other people's lives. I wanna congratulate you today. That's a huge deal. I mean, that's awesome, guys and gals. And what I wanna encourage you to do is I want you to encourage you to help other people get these three pieces of equipment. Help them apply it to their life so they can experience what you're experiencing now. And so I wanna to talk to the second type of person. Maybe you're not on the shore, but you're on the boat. You've not dived beneath the surface yet but you look at the water, you see the water looks so great. It looks so refreshing. I wanna ask you, what's holding you back? What's holding you back right now from putting those three pieces of equipment on? What's holding you back from diving into God's word every day? What's holding you back from listening to great men and women of God across the world, to listen to the word of God every day? What's holding you back from associating with people that are pointing you towards Jesus and that's helped grow in your faith? Right now, right now, if you see the value of that, if you see this is where you're looking at the water, I wanna dive in, I want right now, I want you to raise your hands and I'm gonna say a prayer for you. Right now, if that's you, if you want to dive in, you're, you're already saved, you're a Christian, you're on the boat, you're looking at the water, but you're not below the surface yet. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now, I'm gonna say a prayer for you. So, awesome. To so all the people that just raised their hand, I wanna go ahead and say a quick prayer for you. Father God, Lord, 
I thank you, Father, for the people who want to dive off the boat, want to dive beneath the surface, Lord. Father, I thank you that, that you're building their faith. You're helping them to see the value of reading your word every day, Father. You're, you're helping them see the value of what they're listening to on a daily basis, Father. Lord, that you're helping them see the power of association, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for these people. Father, I pray that you're going to strengthen them. You're going to help equip them to dive beneath the surface, Lord. Father, and I just thank you so much for that. So the last type of person I want to talk to right now is maybe you're on the shoreline. Maybe you're on the shore and you're looking at the people in the boat. You're looking at the people that are scuba diving. They're diving deep into God. And you're looking at them and you want to do it, but that's just, there's something there. There's something that's holding you back, but you want to. So right now, if you want to accept Jesus in your life, if you want to dive beneath the surface and experience it in a whole new way, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want to ask that this is your moment. This is your moment to accept Christ. Because you'll never be the same. So if this is your moment, I want you to ask you to stand up. This is your moment to accept Christ. Thank you for standing. Stay standing, please. So if this is your moment, anyone else, stand. Stand right now. If this is the moment you want to accept Christ, I'm going to lead you through a short prayer. All right, 10 more seconds. Awesome. All right, so let's everyone pray together. Repeat after me. Father God, Lord, I thank you for, for, for just your salvation, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that, that you want to save me. Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I have fallen. Father God, right now I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. Father, Father God, I thank you so much, Father, because I know it's from, from believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth, Lord, that you are Lord, that I am saved.